so I tell people that I'm the best at bragging <laughs> and that I'm very fucking humble. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. glad. Now, are we recording, bro? I just started. I just started. Did you get that? Like 10 seconds ago. 10 seconds. That's fantastic. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Do we need a zero segment, Miss T? Do you yeah. want a zero? Se- do you want a zero segment? Oh, I think we're already in the zero segment, right? Yeah, okay. We're already in the zero segment. Um, so um, JBL uh, have a very <laughs> interesting uh, device. It's a boom box with two microphones that allows you volume control within the Spotify volume control. Uh, very cool. It's very good. The neighbours are very well aware of what music that we are into, and it's a contrast between 80s and heavy metal. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> that's going to be a hoot. I'm really excited about that. Mm, yeah, that no, it, was a, it was nice to have a little bit of a stint singing our lungs out there for the neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah. 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 They'll get to know just how much we enjoy karaoke. And the lack of shame that we have. The lack of shame that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I care not. I care not. Um, I just like to sing. No, my fears overcome me halfway through, and I'm like, oh my god, they can hear us. They can hear us. I can't handle it. Oh yeah, that uh, that doesn't even like. If if that enters my mind, I'm like, great, an audience. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, listening. But you're amazing. You're amazing to be able to do that. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, no, I like it. I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, but I'll join back in at the end. Final songs. I'm always. You up did. For, I'm always up for the final. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it, my control. I think when you put a microphone in someone's hands, because we all sing in the shower, right? We all mm. sing shower singers or car, the car is another good place to sing. Mm. And um, when you've got a microphone in your hands, it's very different. It's a, it's a very different, you, you become more of an amplified instrument with a microphone. And more things can be achieved with little, smaller amounts of effort. Mm. And you can then bend that effort, like which is more usually got more gusto. So if you can already project, you can generally do pretty good with a microphone. I find. Mm. Mm. Um, love working with mics. But it is very much about mic placement. You're very right. Oh yeah, and totally. You can't be shy. No, you, you gotta, can't. Yeah, you've yeah. got to not be shy about it. You got to get in there. You got to get in there. Um, yes, yeah, so I've learned that from you. And risk and risk breaking up. Like you got sometimes you, when you're holding a note, you break. You know, you break the note and it crackles and. It's all horrible. Yes, yes. It's a bomb. Yeah, you know, your engine failure. You're fucking bombing, man. It's fucking great. It's my my biggest fear. I've never done karaoke. Oh, in public. Never done karaoke in public. Yeah. Because I've done heaps of karaoke with you. At home. Yes. Behind the lounge chair. Yeah. <laughs> with YouTube on. <laughs> yeah, totally. We've had parties and done karaoke. I've got my friends involved. Yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but Shit. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible hey, at it. I'm I'm like a deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part. That's part of it, though. Part part of karaoke is losing yourself and finding yourself in the same mm. moment. Mm. You lose yourself, and then by losing yourself, you tend to find yourself. So you got to lose yourself in the moment, man. Mm. That's that's karaoke. It's all in that moment. Mm. And your emotional connection. You're gonna find some emotional connection. Um, to the song or to the audience? Both. Mm. Both. Um, if you can get an emotional connection with the audience, then you're totally winning. Um, I've done that in karaoke before. We have turned a whole crowd your way, but I've done karaoke the other way, where I've turned the crowd against me. <laughs> it's fucking happened just as much as the well, other. Well, they all booed you. No, not booed, but um, surprised. Like I, I can take a song and turn it into metal really quick. Oh yeah, okay. Right. Or um, I change the words. I change the words in songs, and that annoys people. Yeah. Because I'm very good at changing the the words in songs, mm. so I yeah I can take the Mickey a little bit. Yeah, fair yeah, certain, enough. Certain music. 
Yeah, I don't want to go too deep into that because I'll be letting my tricks out of the bag, <laughs> yeah. sharing my repertoire of fucktardery. Karaoke so. tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Karaoke trickster. <laughs> well, I think we've had our zero segment. Are you ready to kick off? Sure. Ready? Ready? Yes. Ready? Ready to hit it? All right, all right, Mr. Uh, Wade Maestro, let's do it. And welcome to the Pager Train. Today I have the studio with me, Misty McVale, uh, author, PhD student, uh, festival uh, manager, general manager, volunteer manager, um, uh, just a manager in general, uh, the vivacious, very beautiful, the woman with fantastic hair, Misty McFarlane. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> what an intro. What an intro. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but it's been a while since you've been on the show. Mm. Um, I think this is like your fourth or third or fourth appearance. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, sometime at the end of last year, I think, was the last time you saw me, just before Made in the West, maybe? Yeah, uh, post... COVID podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Post-COVID podcasting. Yeah, we were a little worried there that... PPP. Uh, you know, I was going to be your permanent guest for the entire year. Yeah, that's what all the comments said. Yeah. What's Ross going to do now? It's <laughs> <laughs> Misty every week. Just Misty every week. <laughs> but thank God for Zoom, because Zoom got me through six episodes, six weeks of lockdown, six episodes, and then mm. I've got... Um, we'll be able to figure out how to get a guest safely and legally back into the studio. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so you were between, you you did one before that and one after that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. But we've been pretty quiet on the Made in the West front this year so far. We've been, you know, hatching a few things behind the scenes. Promotionally, we've been quiet, but it hasn't been quiet for Made in the West. No, no it's never quiet. Um, we can't <laughs> take a moment to breathe. Um, we're always working on something. And when we're not, we're wondering what we could be working on. Yeah, well, COVID uh, did that, didn't it? So we did three years of work last year. Um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> putting it. We did we, though. Like, we did feel very busy, but we we took away travel. We didn't have to drive anywhere or you that's know, true. Worry about bumping. So fuck load more time. But <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. less money, more time. But uh, I don't know. Like we we did expand last year. We got we expanded into the online film festival. Mm-hmm. And the online film festival. We were trying. To, we, we'll, we were projecting to launch that in 2023. Yeah. Um, we've launched launched it three years earlier. Mm. Uh, launched 2020. It's now a running thing. We've got the architecture there. It's certainly going to be happening this year. Um, yeah. Uh, the there's other expansions that happened. You know, maybe the Jewel Cinemas. It's still open, and it's not totally confirmed that we're doing the Jewel Cinema this year with the marathon. But it may be. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. So a lot of expansion things happen, but I think that that gave us a bit of a bug uh, this year um, because we realised that uh, you give us a little bit of time, we get a fucking lot of shit done. <laughs> I think I said that almost with Tourette's, like a fucking lot of shit. (laughs) It's a bit like a a catalyst, right? You know, Mm. it it, um, certainly lit a fire under us. So I think we were a bit panicked that maybe everything would disappear and we'd lose it all. So we kind of doubled down and Mm. tried to do everything. And then in the end, we ended up with all of it. So... Oh, well, we've got an important, um, uh, it's an important year though for us this year and we wanted to do a few yeah. things to celebrate. Yeah. Why is it an important year for us this year? Well, it's our 10th birthday this year, mm-hmm. yeah, which we're very excited about. Um, it's my sixth year with the festival, but you're, you're 10th altogether. My 10th, yes. Um, festival's been running since 2012 and, you know, we're trying to trying to find ways to celebrate that this year. And Well, know, it's been running, a, a, well, the last six years has been a very well-oiled machine in the last six years. I don't know about the first four years, <laughs> but uh, it's certainly the last six years. I think, well, I, I think I may have been needed. <laughs> oh, look, it Can just imagine, expanded. Let's it just imagine expanded. for a second what Made in the West would have looked like if I'd never come on. <laughs> I don't think it would still be going. I don't. I, I think I would have quit. 
if it wasn't for the team around me. That's probably very true. That's yeah, I don't true. think I could have carried on. It was just expanding too much. I, yeah. It's not. There's only so much one person can I do. I remember that you were you were pulled in many different directions at the time. Oh, just doing tech, everything. Trying to host. Trying to trying to make sure the host you know, admin highlights reel got done. Um, uh, you produce. know the, the the technical officer mm. produce direct yeah. Yeah. curate um, do all of the promote promoter mm. uh, everything. Well, hopefully everything. it's been nice having us on. Yeah, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't. Have, I couldn't have got this far without uh, without the, the, uh, the, the without the Made in the West crew, without the SSP team. There's just no way. Mm, it's mm. just not possible. Uh, big shout, shout out, out to, big shout out to J Man. Totally, yeah. J Man and Nat and Casey, Tess for her part, and, and Emily uh, now as well. Yeah, Blemily. Yes, um, as we've actually called her. Um, thank you. <laughs> big shout out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been um, it's been really nice this year. Looking back on on um, ten years of Made in the West and where it started, where it came from, and what we stand for and um and yeah trying to pull together a nice party this year is a uh, is a good challenge yeah but um okay well just to, to really uh cut to the chase um i i remember like um her wanting to go on a podcast and talk about my resume <laughs> with made in the west or just ssp in general you know so the you know podcast host goes hey welcome to the show i've got ross in, in the studio and then they can go you know um well you know director Writer, um, vocalist, um, podcaster, yes. event, uh, you know, festival uh, artistic director, festival yep. founder, yep. Uh, voiceover artist, Foley artist and actor. Um, welcome to the show. I go, and I would like to say at that point, well, you left out um, magazine. Yeah. Right, this <laughs> is where, this is an old joke. This is an old joke. So, so um, uh, what? Can we talk about this? Can we talk about our magazine? Well, well, well. Yes. So, why so, why do we have a magazine? What is it? What 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 is this magazine that I've started talking about? <laughs> well, it's an it's it's an anniversary yearbook, really. A, a magazine celebrating ten years of Made in the West. Um, it talks about our foundations, where we started. Um, uh, uh, takes us along the journey of, of, of our history and spotlights uh, a few of the filmmakers and all of the people that have been involved in the community. Um, over you know recent years, so um, so yeah, so we're excited about that, right? So we'll be mm. launching um, a, a new collector's edition magazine in um, in November, uh, come close time to the festival, and um, and it should be really exciting to see it in action. Yeah, so the magazine has all the past winners, has a story on them, has a dossier on the festival itself, a historical um, layout of from each venue that we've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, and an, an affirmation and an attachment and an, an emotion re- attached to that. Um, I, I think one of the, mo- the most powerful things in that magazine for me is the uh, manifesto. So you guys got to check out this magazine, read the manifesto. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, the magazine itself is awesome. We've got. I think we're up to the. Uh, what are we up to? The very final final draft. We've almost locked the magazine now. Oh yeah, it's 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 going to be done within a week. Yeah, so yeah. we're definitely down to the down to the final, you know, proofread and all. So, it's really exciting. And of course, you know the bit that I'm the most excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm ex- I'm excited about being. Well, first of all, we've been working with WSU students on this project, right? We've been working with the Rabbit Hole. Big shout out to the Rabbit Hole. We love the Rabbit Hole. We met them last year during COVID, and we were working with them online for our poster competition, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember last year when we were talking about you and your you know wish for a magazine to have in addition it was just to a comical joke yeah it's just a joke yeah. and all those other things that you wanted to I do. thought it'd be cool to have a magazine that's <laughs> yeah. basically it yeah. yeah well at the time we were looking for something to do with to work with the rabbit hole and uh, and um, you know find another project to work on I just can't believe it come up 
I just can't believe yeah. we, I just can't believe that we're in this position where you uh, well basically you're a chief editor on a magazine. I am a chief editor. This is and, it's fantastic. And, um, it's such a great experience being able to go through it all. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, look, I'm uh, I'm sort of a creative on the magazine, but I still I'm not drawing anything. I'm not writing anything. I've just sort of you know helped design it, I guess. Yeah, and Jay and Emily have been editors on it too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, well, there's a huge. I, I love our list of contributors in the back. You know, hundred and twenty people or something have contributed to Made in the West over the years, and it was just really nice to be able to go through all of those mm. people and all that all of those contributions that were made over time but anyways what i was going to say was okay. the bit that i'm most excited about of course is oh, yes. you know the the mind blowing uh, you know extras that are coming along with this what do you magazine. mean extras tell me about the extras well, stop I- i'm i'm chomping at the bit misty <laughs> well <laughs> I, I was like how much am i allowed to say well the so whole we, lot the so whole we, lot so we posed a challenge to the yeah. rabbit hole this year right so we posed a challenge to them that we would like to make a magazine um, as you know, we wanted to make a print collector's edition. It's amazing. It's uh, it is know, a very good layout. Fantastically um, drawn. The graphic designers there are, are, are so great to work with. They've um, totally put um, our the essence of the festival into the designs of the magazine. Mm. Um, but of course, we posed them the extra challenge. We said, look, we want to have a print collector's edition. We'd like to have a digital magazine that we can share and and um, share around. Turning out to be the hardest part of it all is the digital magazine. Yes, yeah. but of but the the additional fun layer is that we would like it to be augmented reality. Augmented reality. Yeah. Explain yeah. augmented. Re- what is augmented reality? Well, you know, when it when it first started, I was like, I was like, can we get Ross climbing out of the page? I want to see. I want to see Ross. Sounds like, like a lot of work. Absolutely, climbing climbing up on with a loudspeaker, you know, announcing the festival manifesto to everybody. But no, we couldn't do that. Um, uh, no, it's a. It's we could have. It's just a lot of work. It's an additional layer to the to the way that you can experience this magazine, right? So it works kind of like Snapchat. You know, you scan the app, you pull it up on your phone and as you look at the magazine and you're holding it in front of you it comes to life things will fly off the page you can watch aspects of of our content that are that's in there you know um 3d modeling and animations it's amazing absolutely amazing so you, you could, another way to describe it is a living a living breathing magazine yeah so it's yeah. alive the magazine comes alive with an app yeah, yeah, no, it's been great and such a wonderful thing for us to explore mm. um, and uh, and trial, you know, with the students. And they have just, as I say, they've just done an amazing job. They've blown it out of the, out of the park. Of, of, well, again, you know, I thought they were going to say no. Like, I just, <laughs> during this whole process of making a magazine, going into this with the ideas that, no, the original idea of wanting the magazine to start with, then the idea of tying it in with, oh, we've got 10 years coming up. Uh, it's, a, it's a yearbook mm. magazine. Yep. It's a history of, it's a history book. Yeah. Uh, in a magazine format, all these ideas are, are really cool, um, but you know, getting the layout, the almanac, the you know, the you know, the the contributors list, the the, the photo, all the um, interviews with the all the interview, all the spotlight interviews, um, all of these aspects of this magazine, everything along the way, I just thought people were going to say no. Yeah. Like I didn't. <laughs> like you know, we, we, this started off as a as a joke in a pub, right? That's now turned into, there's a team of 12 designers working on it. There is a chief designer at the other end of that. We've got a chief editor, three editors. Um, uh, fuck, how many interviews have we done? We have, we have a new augmented reality app. Yeah, and then, and then we've had to design an app, designing an app to augment reality <laughs> on top of the magazine. It's great. Um, but that, but that, was, that was the other thing. Like, cause, um, I've done um, content for the rabbit hole like years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And they did an augmented reality um, showing. So they would have all these pictures on the wall and you hover a, um, a phone over it. 
Well, these guys can do this augmented reality stuff. How hard can it be? Turns out it's really hard. Turns out it's harder than we thought. Way harder than we thought. <laughs> but uh, with that said, the augmented reality app is there. And, uh, and it's we've test we've done some testing. How, yeah. How's the testing for Made in the West magazine going? Yeah, well, it's been it's been really great. We can't wait to um, we're going to release a couple of behind the scenes videos soon, um, uh, looking at what what the students have been doing with the content, um, how they've been creating the three D models behind the scenes, and uh, it's looking really great. Looking really great. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, like the. Does it cost it? It doesn't cost anything for this app, right? You can just get the app. Like, oh no, no, it's free to it's free for users. Yes. But you got to buy the magazine. Yes, you so you got to buy, buy the magazine, but the app's free. You scan scan the image and it and it pops up with the with the app option. You sign up and you and you can you know view the magazine in in full augmented reality. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I d again though, I just thought people would say no. I um, uh, <laughs> you go up to someone and go, can you design me a magazine? No. no. Um, <laughs> can you give me like eight parts of this magazine? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can, you know. Can you just write twenty-four pages about us? Yeah. <laughs> can we just do all these interviews with all these people, all these artists, and uh, collate, it, collate it together? No. Can we? Can you design the whole thing and make it an augmented reality? No. Uh, yeah. I just didn't expect any of that to be said yes, and all of it has been yes. Yeah. It's all been an opportunity, and um, yeah. I don't know. I, some of it's been an opportunity, but we were prepped for that opportunity. I just didn't know. Like I knew it was going to be some work, and I knew. Different uh, different aspects of all of us were going to contribute to editing this magazine, mm. but I didn't even understand the complexities of releasing this magazine, which is another mountain that we've got to climb in the next couple of months. Yeah, it's not just about building the content; you got to release the content. Yeah, and we're just so we're used to having these networks and platforms where we release content. We just go, oh, you just build it and then you release it, right? How hard can it be? Yeah, uh, but a magazine's a bit different. Um, that's di there's different mechanics to it. Um, especially being a physical document, mm. a physical hard copy thing. Yeah, um, we've never worked in this medium before. No, really. no. Yeah. I mean, we get we we do get things printed, but we haven't made a magazine before, and we certainly haven't made a digital magazine before. Yeah. I think it's great. It's and we certainly haven't eyes. made a digital augmented reality <laughs> we've magazine never had before. It, we've never had our own app before either. So yeah. You know. So but twenty twenty was the year of being bold. And asking for the things that we wanted, and it turns out that you know when you do ask, and if you've got a good plan, then you might just get what you want. Yeah, but I just, I, I just think it's a look. Looking at the final um, drafts of this magazine as well. I'm um, so excited. I'm, I'm so excited for everyone involved. You know, you, you speak of contributors, and you you speak of um, the people that have been involved in Made in the West over so many years, and it's got all the. We've found out all the stats. You know, it's been like how many films have been on screen? Like three hundred and fifty. Oh, I think it's like 245 so that we've screened, but something like 390 have been submitted. Yeah, about 400 or, yeah, yeah. Uh, films have been submitted to Made in the West. Mm -hmm. And we've played how many hours, so many hours on screen. And I want to say it's like 22.5 hours. We've had 2,500 people hours. go to the festival. I don't know the stats off the top of my head. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, like 2,500 people attending. Attending the yeah. festival. And then you look at, um, the, you know, and then, we, and then you extrapolate all of the advertisement out of that, all the promotions that we do. And you realize that there's a massive reach out there for it. And, it, and it's this pretty substantial thing that's happened mm. and um it's all been along the guise of th th that's what i mean making this magazine has just made me realize it made me remember um you know just expect to be told no at some point like no you can't do that um <laughs> but we do we just keep doing it yeah um because i think I, I think it comes from all of our intentions are really positive we have really in positive intent and i i don't know the, i think the magazine is just one of those things that we're we've it's a cross-medium 
medium, right? It, it's that augmented reality allows us to make it digital and alive and film like, but at the same time, then the, then it's comic book like in nature and it's mm. storyboard like in nature and mm. it's um. It's it has a narrative arc. It is story in yeah. nature. It's still designed. It's very visual, and it actually pushes. Adding the augmented reality pushes us further into the visual medium mm. than I'm normally in. Because of course, you know, there's a lot of copy involved, and there's a lot of writing involved mm. in that. And you know, even just going through in the process of writing out our history was challenging. You know, what do you mention? How did how did it all come about? You know, geez, we flew by the seat of our pants for quite a few years there. Who even knows how Maine the West came together? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, well, especially after. <laughs> some of the after parties that we've been to um i don't know how it's come together like oh geez you know yeah no but, but at all but all of those things come um do did come together and it was absolutely fascinating to be able to go through those and um and to to see how representing who we are from in text in graphics in augmented reality all the different ways that we've been able to do this mm. and there really is a film element to it the storyboarding of what you're looking at and and mm. the the pitching of the ideas on how i even loved how the team was going to work together because they really riffed off our our um festival in that it's a very collaborative approach to the way that we run the festival and also in the way that you know it's drawing from the skills and um creativity of the community you know mm. and i remember right, right in the beginning the the design team was like well we're all going to also work together in that same way to be able to feed off each other's creativity and learn from each other That's and build true, yeah. upon each other and i love that you know, I love that that, that that experience was able to come out of this design process. Well, there's like 18 people working on this magazine. Yeah. You know, just something that started as a cheeky, funny idea. 18 people working on it. We haven't gone to print it yet. Once we print it, there's going to be 22 people working on this magazine. Once we start selling it, there's going to be 60 people working on this magazine. Yeah, you know? well, this year's going to be big, isn't it? It we is. Gonna, we're going to have a few people working with us and, and uh, helping us, you know, bring it to well, life. But. Well, last year on the day we had, what, 30 people working on Made in the West? Yeah. Um, where Made in the West used to be group. two people. Mm, it used to be yeah. two people that ran Made in the West. Um, the first couple of years was run by uh, me and Jimmy. Yep. Um, and, yeah, uh, if you look at now, shit, man, we've got, there's more people in the booth um, <laughs> running Made in the West than there is on the all the volunteers, the... Uh, the the ushers, the uh, MCs, the TV crews, the presenters, hosts, the yeah. hosts, yeah, um, yeah, this, you know the the the, the bar staff, um, the, the cooks, yeah, um, you know the, the the cleaners. There's just so many people that work on this thing. Mm. Um, it's just amazing. Um, I, I think it's going to be a lot bigger this year, and it's going to be bigger the next year. Um, and I think we've got to get prepared to grow. Um, but you know, 10 yeah. years, yeah. 10 years. So yeah. hats off to you for 10 years. I mean, yeah, it's thank a you. wonderful celebration for you to, to see something that you, you know, started back in third year uni yeah. grow into something that 10 years later is, you know, a force to be reckoned with in the Sydney. Art yeah. Scene. Something that started on a, uh, um, a projector and a milk crate that's now on a $4 million <laughs> projector on a VMAX screen well, is, is, is a hell of a journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that we've actually uncovered the photographs of the milk crate oh God. With the, and the projector and what that really I think looked about, like. Well, a big shout out to Jay. Team. I think there's, a, there's an excellent photo that we found of Jay <laughs> rolling himself up in the red carpet the red at Made in the West 2. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's such a child, isn't he? So yeah. young. So young. We're, We're all so young. young. We're all so young. <laughs> that was 10 years ago, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and for us to be uh, with Event Cinemas, big shout out to the Event Cinemas guys, mm. um, to be with those guys and to 
to have that content going on that big screen after all this time and the evolution from the Roxy Hotel to the Paddington RSL yeah. to now Event Cinemas has just been amazing. Like, Event Cinemas is now our longest running home, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As of this year, it's our yeah. longest running home. That's right. And I remember that we were trying to fight for a venue in Western Sydney and that was now almost five years ago. Yeah. Which yeah. is insane. Yeah, this will be our fourth year. Fourth year there, so... So yeah, one more year. That's you know, that's that's half a decade of uh, that fight was so. It didn't feel that long ago. No, no, it's still very fresh in our memories. Mm. Every year, there's a little bit of fear, you know. Yeah, will, a little bit. Will we? Will we be able to come back? Will we be able to do it again? You know. Yeah, but then we had COVID. Fuck. Um, yeah, that I remember we were like, there's been you know, you talk about ten years of making the West. There's been at least three times in my life where I was ready to chuck in the towel. I'm like, nah, that's yeah. it. This I, is too much. I've seen you hover over the delete button over all of it. <laughs> all of it. The, pow- the power of just, I'm getting rid of all of it, you know? I could just highlight. Imagine, yeah, imagine. I did. I remember I was uh, I was talking to Wobbly and I had all of the content highlighted. <laughs> and all, all I had to do was command delete and it was gone. I can just... Yeah. I got it on backup anyway. But I was going to say, nothing's, it's ever, all nothing's ever lost. But that would have been pretty symbolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah the delete made in the West. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's backed up though. <laughs> I would have, I would have backed that up anyway. I'm like, oh no, bring it back. Shit, six, six hours to transfer. Fuck, the, here we go. The ultimate command Z. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't command Z that shit. That, that, yeah, that would, that would like the whole, the whole machine is built around me in the west. Like, it wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, what's the, what's the data size of, of, of something like Made in the, Main the west? Main the west is, um, uh, I think Never it's now, it's currently at one point two terabyte. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's not all of its content. That's that's the bare minimum content. Yeah, yeah. So that's all the movies that have ever been yeah, submitted. You've gotten, you've gotten rid of all of the all of the you know stuff that we've shot, but you've just got the. I've come up with ways to streamline data so that it once it's been used, we still have proxy media of it all. Like, yeah, is this right. too big to store? It, mainly, was it's too big to store in, as a, as a um um uh, an open open data. Like as in raw data, you can't do it. It's too big. We don't have, we don't have the money and the resources to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never really thought about the size of Made in the West in terms. Yeah, of Yeah, I, I tell you guys every year. Uh, I I've, I remember I had the I had the size that one year it was at a hundred gig. So this year's a hundred gig of uh, festival. Yeah. But then doing DCP, I've managed to shrink that down. Mm. Um, but then yeah, it's hard to data is an interesting one to measure it because it depends on what point in history you're measuring that, and what technology you're using. Really? So yeah, that is a variable. It's a variable yardstick. I always thought data was this consistent thing that was that was you know used across different types of media. No, because because codecs change, codecs change, um, programming changes, things become more compressed. Like everything that's on the internet now is what you'd refer to as a H two six four. It's a H two six four codec. When you edit, it's in generally it's in DMX, which is on PC. But if you're on Mac, it will be four two two. So uh, Apple ProRes 422, which is the most open you can sort of have. You can have ones that are more open like 444 or, um, you know, for those DaVinci people out there with powerful computers doing what you do, um, shooting on Ursas and going straight into DaVinci. Oh, one day. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, data, data is different depending on the scenario. So you can look through Made in the West in its early years as quite data intensive because codecs were different and submission yeah, right. di- submission techniques were different too. Yeah. So I used to just get raw data off everyone. Yeah. So yeah, or remember that time someone rocked up with a with a DVD? Oh <laughs> God! To the door, and we were like, 
Oh, yeah, okay. That was a fucking <laughs> nightmare to get the DVD onto the hard drive. Because you can't just record it. Like, because copyright is such a problem. It's just, you just can't go between mediums that easily. Mm. Um, even at the when I used to work at a TV station, we found that it, it, that's a challenge, is, is crossing your mediums. But um, VLC, mate. VLC is the shit. VLC gets you out. Or what else do we used to use? Compressor. I think I used DVD Rip. To get that DVD on. Oh, off. those are the days. DVD Ripper. Ago. Jack the Ripper. Or DVD Ripper, as in Jack the Ripper. It was yeah. sort of scheduled as. Or advertised as. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I, I re- yeah, the DVD. <laughs> I've had people rock up at the festival on the day with the USB. <laughs> but I've done the same thing. Um, a big shout out to Andy, actually. I almost uh, He had his film from uh, Afters back Eric? in the... Eric. Years ago? Years ago. Very Eric. First one. Yeah, very first one called Eric. And um he gave me the he gave me the content late. And I put it onto a USB and I put it in my jeans pocket. <gasps> and I totally no. forgot to put it into the main streamlined content. <laughs> so it ended up outside the playlist. And I had a dummy in there, like a dummy file. Like I used so back then, I used to use um, folders as mm. dummy files. So if I was missing a movie and I knew I had to download it, I'd put a folder in there with its name, and then I'd go, ah, folder yeah. means it's empty. And then I'd when, once I got the film, I'd put it in there and delete the folder. Yeah, like a placeholder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't have Eric. The folder was still there. And when I went to go and check the list at Made in the West, I was like, I don't have that film. It's at home. Like, oh. I don't have it on the hard drive. I haven't put it into Not the main... Not in your pocket at the festival. It was in home. my pocket that I was... It was in one of my pockets that I was wearing that I had no idea that it was in there. I didn't deliberately put that movie in my mm. pocket. I think it had even been through the wash. That movie had been through the wash <laughs> and I had put it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told Andy this story, so it's not a big surprise. He knows this story. <laughs> But yeah, no, I almost uh, I forgot to play his film, and they're like, "When you're scheduling that one, I'll, it's going at the end." <laughs> um, <laughs> just transferring it now, shit. And he gave it to me in like a four two two. I think it was like fifteen gig bloody movie. Wow. Yeah, now I normally get them. They're like they're megabytes now. Usually I get them down to, mm. um, depending on the scenario. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, Dart is a strange one to go by. But um, mm. yeah, so generally, if yes. you try to keep it to hundred gigs, you're doing it right. Yeah, right. We've grown in size, definitely. I suppose it depends how many submissions we get. It's not just the submissions. It's also all of the raw data for the interviews, yeah. the um, promotional material, the graphics, all the graphics, all of our graphics, logos, mm. a lot, mm. a whole lot. Yeah, right. It's about 1.2 terror. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying stuff. <laughs> that's what they call it, terror. It's, it's, it's terabytes. Once you get to a terabyte, it's terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so um, but that, that's that, that's that's us for a ten years, man. Mm. So um, yeah. when are, when are submissions due? Oh, sorry, when, uh, submissions submissions are currently open. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We opened for submissions last month, uh, officially. Um, we're always open. We're technically, we're always open. But day um, after the festival, you can submit to the next year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> not the day after. People have done it. <laughs> They've done it. They've been that keen. <laughs> if we did a festival on uh, November 26th, I, we've had entries on like December 1st. Yeah, yeah. Like, yep, I'm in for next year. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, yeah. well, yes, so submissions are open now. Um, we're uh, early bird closes oh, end of Soon. July. Soon. End of July. So we've got... Uh, two, 35 bucks, kids. Two months. Get in there. Mm-hmm. We've already got a shitload of submissions, so yes. keep them coming. 
Um, yeah, actually, we're doing really well at the moment in comparison to previous years. We've like never had this many submissions this early. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We haven't even advertised. It's been great. Um, one, and one then the main round of entries closes mid October, October fifteenth, and then there's a you know a couple of weeks for the late for the late late bird finishing late up bird fifty bucks October. Yeah, yeah. So the the whole festival season starts again. You know, in what four weeks, eight weeks. You know, yeah. we're on the run. We're on the home stretch to festival. Mm. We're into planning and figuring out what that looks like and trying to make it as big a big of a night and a, as good an experience as possible for mm. the filmmakers involved. Should be huge. Mm. Um, but okay, so when is the festival this year? Mm, Saturday, the fourth of December. Save the date. Save the date, fourth of December, kids. Yes, yes. Saturday night. Saturday night. Be there. Be there. Be there. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be um, uh, should be big. Usual time. We usually kick off about six o'clock. Um, thanks to the free parking on the rooftop at Event Cinemas. Uh, Fucking nice free parking. And uh, we'll have a, you know VIP awards night. Uh, we've got some extra awards this year. We've uh, we usually have eight individual awards. You know, best director, editor, cinematographer, actor, actress, composer, design, composer. Oops. Ooh, had a blowout. Had a blowout. Back to there. There we go. Um, uh, but this year we have two new awards. We have um, best production design. Quite That's a good about. one because there has been a big rise in production design yeah. in, in the last few years, and it's good that we recognise that. Yeah, some of the some of the um, costuming, pro, uh, you know, set design, uh, uh, art department has been fantastic. Uh, that and um, best music video for the first time. Best music video. Yeah, we do get a lot of music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's a huge part of um, of uh, emerging filmmakers' uh, work. Uh, and they're really hard to make. They're really hard to make, and it's hard to. Well, don't get me wrong, we've judged um, music videos within the main body content, which is possible when you're looking at it from a technical proficiency point of view. Um, but when you're looking at narrative arcs, you, it's, hard music, to compete. it's hard to compete in that in that space. Like, don't get me wrong, you can make music videos with a narrative arc. I'm not saying that at all. But you could. The, the rules are so more open for narrative in music videos. Yeah. So we need. It's good that we now recognise that. Yeah, but. and it's pretty hard to capture the attention of a judge, uh, of the judging panel, you know, in full, uh, to win to one win, of the major yeah, yeah. awards when you're a music video competing against a, um, you know, a short film. Yeah, but shit, man. Like that doesn't stop anyone from winning Main the West. With a music video. Well, they've, oh, Runner Up we got uh, years ago. Mm. Um, there was a Rowan Pank with Runner Up in oh, yeah. 2015, I think it was. Yeah, good on you, Rowan. Big shout out. I wonder how you're doing lately, bro. And, uh, yeah. So well, you're on our mailing list. Check your email. <laughs> Send us an email. Say good day in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, so that'd be really great to... Celebrate a couple of new individual, you know, category awards. Yep. Uh, that and the major prizes, of course, the um, best student film, best in the West for the independent films, and um, an audience choice award. The audience um, choice award. Yeah, which is always our favourite. I love, I love that we have a live vote on the night and um, you know gather everybody's. Done by QR code. We are COVID safe, kids. Um, yeah, you know, QR code. Well, I'm assuming. Well, I don't know. Like we haven't really spoken about that, but yeah, probably we will. Yeah, we go QR, QR code. code mate. Way easier. Yeah. Way easier. Way quicker. Well, what's happening on my screen? Did something pop up? <laughs> something did pop up on your screen. Is it the? F Can don't tell me tell? it's the Adobe. It's it the is Adobe, Adobe, isn't it? It's always Adobe. Fucking Adobe. <laughs> Adobe Flash. Do you subscribe? So no, I don't want to subscribe. <laughs> why do you make it so hard to read a PDF, Adobe? Why? Because <laughs> you money grabbing bastards. That's why. I reckon if you get, if you get, if you, like I have uh, Photoshop, which is like 16 bucks a month, just leave, it's fucking PDF, mate. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why, well, should I have to, why should I have to unsubscribe all the time? Well, it used to be that they would constantly be getting you to update it, right? You've got to update, you've got to update. Well, now so JavaScript, getting the, please JavaScript updates. Me. 
JavaScript, JavaScript update. Yeah, JavaScript yeah, update. Update. Now it's all phone updates now. Yes. I do a lot of phone updates. So many updates. OS, iOS update. Mm. Oh, you don't do iOS. I'm you're sick a, of updates. You're an Android I'm person. Not a, I'm not an iPhone user. I don't like iPhones. Not a fan. Not a fan of the iPhone. Not a fan. But um, yeah. you are a fan of Save the Date. 4th of December. Be there, be there, be there. Made in the West Film Festival. Yeah. Submit your film at the moment. You can get in on early bird, $35 and $30 per student. Student is always early bird for a student. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got the good prizes for them all the way through um, because we know that everybody's working on their final project right to the last minute. Mm. You know, often student films are submitted in the final few days. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, we definitely have a lot of good synergies with schools. So mm. um, I'm glad to see that increase. Afters, if you're out there listening, give us a call. Yeah. Um, we do have a good connection, but we'd like to make it stronger. Well, Afters has been working with WSU. Yes. And uh, and we work with WSU. So it might work, you know, might work. That's well what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Together. There's more synergies there. Uh, can we go into a lot about WSU at the moment, UWS? Oh, only. Only that we're, uh, you know, we'll be working with them on a few projects in the coming six months mm. um, and into next year. I mean, there's some pretty exciting things on our radar for, we do. for next year yeah. too. I'm not sure whether you want to talk about those no, I don't things. want to talk about that project yet. But, um, but yeah, we'll be working with the Rabbit Hole, another project in the second half. We've got a, a Poster another, design. another creative industry student coming on board with us uh, in the second I, half. I love well. the experience of doing the uh, uh, creative uh, um, uh, in, um, industry student uh, internship almost or yeah. it's almost an internship. Technically, it's an internship and they get to i feel like we're on master chef though you know like we're the three judges they present their uh posters we're like oh well like see i like the format of this uh it's got a good texture um i like the tone it has a good aftertone to it something that stays with me is memorable like it's i'll remember this except you need to change everything except yeah yeah <laughs> producers working with creatives mate just I like I like the color of the house. Like I know I asked for a white house, but can you paint it pink? Yeah, I like what you're do- trying to do, but you did none of it. Yeah, I just need you to do it. I just need you to do this design with more feeling. Uh, no, I feel like I feel like on Master Chef you get to judge all these people. Feel bad about the ones you got to say no to, and then eventually there's an out uh, outright winner um, for the design. There's always somebody wearing a cravat. Is it? It's not a cravat, it's a scarf. That's right. Um, uh, welcome to your um, uh, podcast in flight at- uh, entertainment for the night. Your emergency exits are here and yeah, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, so we've got uh, the 4th of December. Um, save the date for the festival. Submissions are now open. We have a magazine coming out, so you're going to have more information about that. Yes. Um, and you know we've got things going along with Maine the West, but let me now we've talked about Maine the West. What about you, Misty? What is going on with you? What have you been up to lately? What have I been doing? Um, uh, I've just finished a project working with the Writers Festival. Um, I run the volunteer team uh, there at the festival, and mm. um, and uh, as always, it's a great experience working with everyone uh, there. We managed to slide on in with a wonderful event for fifty, sixty thousand people down at uh, Carriage Works at the tail end of April, um, and it was wonderful. We had sunny days, you know, no COVID cases, and it was, uh, you know. You wonderful want to be back in good weather and no COVID. Back in town for a live event it was fantastic. Mm. Um, uh, got another couple of events coming up, which should be interesting. Can't say too much about them, but um, uh, one of them I'm particularly excited about. It involves uh, both DJs and potentially dinosaurs. So that makes me very happy. I like dinosaurs. <laughs> Big dinosaur fan. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty fond of bin chickens, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard I've heard that you're fond of bin chickens. <laughs> 
the ultimate dinosaur. The ultimate dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but other than that, I've been you know working on working on some research. I'm a, you know I'm on the tail end of a PhD at the moment, writing up my research and results. Well, so, tell us about that. It sounds really easy. Um, <laughs> it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but uh, I, I research in the um, uh, writing and society research center. I'm a PhD candidate there, so I'm interested in um, uh, you know literary the literary scene and how our literary communities work and particularly online and so I'm literary scene as in like just people that write books that sort of thing yeah right yeah. writers readers um uh you know authors and uh and festivals and particularly mm. writers festivals i find them to be a really fascinating space where because you know reading is such a, a solitary experience you know mm. it's something that you do by yourself but then these people are motivated to come together in this really public scene um and share that experience with you know, hundreds of or thousands of other people who are also solitary readers, and it's this real social occasion. But then, mm. at the same time, on the on the other side, you've also got authors who are also, you know, they write books very much by themselves, and it is also a very solitary thing. And then you thrust them into the spotlight on a you know on a performance stage, and and somehow those two things come together really nicely. And it's a it's a it's an interesting space to be working in, and and I've ended up researching it too. So I'm interested in um how how festivals are translated online um, I've been interested in digital festivals for quite a few years now there's a great festival out of Melbourne called the Digital Writers Festival and uh, they've been running since 2014 it's part of the Emerging Writers Festival mm -hmm. and I was always fascinated by them um, uh, uh, right from right from when they first launched I was always interested in, in in how they were going to put together an online festival what is an online festival what, is, what, e what and, even is it you know what even what even is one of those things um who, who's it for what does it look like um and you know as a as a creative producer as a cult as a as, as someone who works in in you know cultural festivals i'm interested in how how do you build one of those what, what what does one look like you know um and it was great last year to be able to work on the online festival with you and made in the west and sort of think about those things mm -hmm. in a real 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 terms and you know who is our audience? What do they want to see? How how can we deliver um, some kind of experience online um, that is engaging and exciting and entertaining for people? But is a virtual know? experience an experience? Does your brain know the difference between a virtual experience and, a, and an experience? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that you necessarily... Uh, yes, it's absolutely an experience. It's still part of your mm. reality. You're still experiencing it, whether it's done online or offline. No, but yeah, um, you see what I mean by the word virtual? Like a virtual ex isn't a virtual experience still not an experience? Uh, oh, a virtual experience is still an experience, absolutely, mm. yeah. And they're just on different ends of the continuum, right? You've got a virtual experience on one side, and you've got a, you've got virtuality on one side and reality on the other side. But can't, isn't there a convergence at some point of uh, reality and and um, uh, uh, what was the other word you used? Virtuality. Virtuality and reality. Like if you're at a, a festival tweeting about the author that you just saw or are currently seeing. Isn't that a digital experience um, mangled into an actual experience, and therefore is another form of experience? Absolutely, absolutely. Which yeah. one's virtual? One's which one's? What's the other word? Reality. Virtuality Virtuality versus reality. reality. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, that's uh, one form of being able to. Um, uh, you know, interact with a festival online is absolutely by live tweeting um, and participating in a, in a sort of a back channel conversation that's happening at the same time as, as you know, um, IRL experiences or live in-person experiences. IRL? IRL is, uh, is computer talk, but in real life. In real life. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Um, so how ironic. You have URL and IRL. So an IRL, URL and the IRL yeah. is all acronyms for actual experiences, but <laughs> as a reality experience, a virtual reality experience, actual, I think is it real? Back in the day, like years ago, they used to talk about online experiences not being real. But I think those days are past now. I think everybody, yeah, that's everybody what I'm saying. knows is it, now is it, that, like, that they're still part of our daily because their daily experience. You'd still, still have the same because re- an experience, like of any experience, whether it's going for a walk or eating a sandwich, they're both experiences, mm. and they both serve you in some way, or they may be detrimental in some sort of way. You know, but you if, lose energy, or the sandwich is full of build, carbohydrates. And, true. If you build yourself an avatar and you are in, you know, an online virtual world like Second Life, for example, and you are walking down the street eating a virtual sandwich mm-hmm. what's that experience like is that still an experience yeah and do do you still have a biochemical reaction in your brain about having that experience like yeah oh what was that my arm fell off oh sounded like a glass arm no no no, no. <laughs> this is it here look here oh wow my <laughs> arm <laughs> fell off <laughs> yeah um I've, I've clearly lost the receipt otherwise i would have been jumping up and down about this by now um <laughs> Clearly, Bunnings is not my sponsor. Uh, not Bunnings, sorry. Office Works. Office Works. Didn't never say anything Bunnings, bad about Office Works. Bun- oh. Bunnings, like, you know, um, Nemesis, Mini Cousin. They're probably owned by the Bunnings same people. Bunnings and Office Works are my two favourite shops. I fucking love both of those shops. Yeah. Also, I love J-Car. Big J-Car fan. Oh, I'm not a big J-Car fan. Yeah. Well, you got to get your J-Car on. You know, J-Car's awesome. Uh, no, sorry. We got derailed there because my arm fucking fell off. Um, yeah. <laughs> Experiences. Uh, experiences IRL and, and, and so well my arm falling off I had that actual experience but the you know, the folks at home they had a virtual experience of my arm falling off <laughs> that's right but nonetheless both of those are experience well I always think that's it and I'm just trying to say I'm trying to ask the question is um, is a virtual uh, dopamine release different from a virtual one well, you're no, no, re- you're, virtual, uh, vir- virtual and reality. You know what I'm saying. You're, you know I mean. you're touching on a, a, a discussion, an argument, a conversation that has been happening for decades. Mm. Um, you would have heard of Walter Benjamin yes. back in the day talking about the aura of art. The aura of art. You know, Here when, we go. When you when you see <laughs> when you see the Mona Lisa in person, is that different to seeing a, a picture of the Mona Lisa mm, or a, or a T-shirt or of the a Mona representation Lisa? on a screen of a picture of the Mona Lisa? Yeah, someone taking a photograph of someone taking a photograph of someone photographing the Mona Lisa. That's right. Like, how many steps removed can you be from the actual a copy of a copy of a copy object? Right. Mm. So the idea is that the original object has an aura about it mm. right? and that is tr- that is true very much to it to a to to um mu- to much extent but then in a real in a virtual world in a in in you know um in a in the sense of computers we're talking about the idea of presence the feeling of being there and being mm. present with something else that can also have a sense of aura about it these are two, two ideas that i'm that I'm that I really enjoy thinking about, and when it comes to creating a festival space online, there's different types of presence that I'm interested in. There's the idea that you can have the presence of being in a crowd with somebody, being in an audience mm-hmm. with someone, um, or you can have the sense of presence of sharing um, time with the actual artist, like they might be on stage or they might be tweeting directly to you, they might be co- conversing with you yeah, in so some I'm, way. Yes, I'm conversing in the back channels rather and, than the front door sort yeah, of stuff. Or in the front door, you yeah. maybe maybe you get to ask a question at the uh, Q&A or, you know. The, the, on a microphone through maybe, a PA where the whole room hears it that they normally wouldn't hear. Like I, I, I find this stuff fascinating Yeah, because fra- it's a fragmented idea. 
Because well, we, if you think about traditional media, like you've got a stage and there's an audience that sits in front of that stage and there's no back and forth. It's mm. just one directional information. Yeah. And I think the TV really took that home. TV is on with TV audiences. But then the phone came out and the phone, and I mean the phone in its you know current smartphone. state, smartphone, um, our, our interface and experience have totally changed. It was totally unpredictable. Mm. And we don't even know what it is. We don't know and understand what it is. But we have all these experiences through it, all these dopamine reactions, and these yeah. these realities must be re- real in some way. Well, well, why are we all addicted to our phones? Well, I'm I'm in. Well, yes, they are real, absolutely. But I'm interested in are they constructed? Are mm. they constructed by somebody? Well, I, of course they are constructed by somebody. And how are they constructed? How are they constructed differently uh, uh, based on whether or not you're going to watch that through a television or watch something through your smartphone or watch something, um, you know, uh, at the theatre live in person, you know. Mm. Those different um, ways, uh, those different mediums uh, end up um, allowing creative producers to to create the same thing in different ways for different audiences. And change, perhaps even manipulate narratives. Yeah, yeah. Well, and adjust the narrative based on what the audience member might might want or, or perceive as important, you know. Um, it's fa- it's fascinating to think about it. I mean, it, it's endless. That's the, that's the thing. Well, every, every, every trail that I follow when I think about you know work, my work and my research, I think about what the different options are online and the different ways that that we can be represented or represent um, our art online. It's it, it just ends up in a in a never ending trail of you know. Um, various niche ideas you know there's so many different ways to think about things yeah i, th- I just think in the like because i at the moment i think when you think of it, when i think about festivals and the intersection of these spheres you know these digital spheres these realities these virtual realities um and 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 the reality of the fact that the, those things are in a hybrid scenario as well mm-hmm. um i think they're really positive spaces negative things happen in those spaces like twitter can be a very negative space mm. but I, I i think generally most people are hopping along and they're operating with intrigue and curiosity and the willingness to entertain people as well willing participants in entertainment um and i think the same with podcasting podcasting is a very similar space to that where it's a very long form content it's very interactive you can, you know, you can leave your comments, you can like, you can dislike, you can listen on multiple mediums, you can watch it, you can listen to it. Um, but when you look at other mediums like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as, uh, on their own, uh, or television or radio, you can see that these narratives have been hijacked by certain people. Like when you look at TV, it was certainly hijacked, like this is the way a woman's supposed to look, or this is the way that a man is supposed to think. Mm. Um, you know, and, and we were broken down to that. You know, mm. you can't be a successful man unless you have a big house and a car. You can't be a successful woman unless you've got long legs and a big bust and, and blonde hair. And the right laundry detergent. And the right, yeah, yeah, you got to have, yeah, we got to sell you these products. And it was all a vehicle to sell products to yeah. you. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's what Facebook is. Facebook is there to sell you products. We don't pay for it, we're the product. Our data is the products. But I think in, when you go to festivals, it's more of an artistic look at things. We're looking at this book or this film or the, or the idea of that, the idea of being an author or the idea of being a filmmaker. Um, in podcasting, you're, you know, you, I've got a friend who recently just started up a podcast talking about men's health, um, talking about what's it like to be a dad um, there's the, the, in a very long-form content like that. And I think these, these things are great. They're fantastic. My fear is, though, how they're going to be hijacked. Um, how is the podcast going to be hijacked? How is how are festivals going to be hijacked? 
And well, I'm they're just... already they're already hijacked. There's product placement everywhere, and and then gamification. I mean, we're even thinking about similar things ourselves. You know, when you ga- gamify spaces, you involve sponsors in in ways of um, allowing the audience to interact with their brand, and you know, in new ways. That bar is sponsored by such. That green room is sponsored by such. And yeah, that's you know. true. Yeah, you got your it media adds, walls. We do our media it walls, all adds and we prestige do our to brand names and and the ways that we interact with brands generally. Well, advertising is the way you sell the space right you've got to sell advertising to have the space i think that's one one way of doing it you know mm. you could also have um, oh, a subscription like you have subscription models, models thing, yeah i suppose and, i think netflix pay, is very good at it entry or pay-per-view and paper yeah. um uh, yeah. paper experience the thing with a sponsor is i suppose like when i think about it now you, you know you've um you've got a guarantee a guaranteed amount of, of of money there with ticket sales you don't really know how many ticket sales you're going to be able to make or mm. um uh you, you know at, at least with sponsorship you, you it's know. more tangible though ticket sales and subscriptions very tangible mm. i find advertising is just loose thing that's a an estimate of what things potentially are worth um <laughs> isn't it it is it really is like uh, we we're talking about this the other day with a close friend of ours um you know uh, w- the value of a like uh, yeah. you can go and purchase a like and we know people that purchase likes you know, there's people out there that go into bot farms and you know increase their numbers mm. on their sites to do these things nefariously you can purchase a like for between one to two cents to 50 cents 20 cents you know depending on the how bulk you buy likes or buy subscription you can buy it for that discount over time yeah but as soon as you buy a like it does it no longer has value as soon as you purchase a like for a cent that like actually doesn't serve your content because it's not actually attached to a human being Mm. the the person who interacts with your content well they didn't take like with the intention because it's all about intent I've, that's what I find lately. Like the intention of festivals is, like, man, you got to check out these books because you got to get kids involved in reading. You got to, you, you got to get the people, the young adults, and encourage them to read so they can be more politically informed, so they yeah. can be better voters, so they can be better consumers. It, it, it is built to the economic gain at the end of it all. Like literacy is about economics when you really think about it. Mm. It's not just about critical thinking. It's about having people that have the ability to, to be employable. Mm. You need to be able to be literate in your vocation. And you also know. to be able to actualize their own dreams and goals in there. In yeah, their totally. There's, there's, there's self-actualization goals in there too. You know, it does liberate young people to be to be educated. Uh, absolutely, be absolutely it does that. But as well, I think yeah. we, need to, we need to also add into the equation that it is a capitalist reason why we oh, teach kids to read. Marketing is a big drive behind festivals. And particularly, uh, it wasn't necessarily, with writers' festivals in Australia, it's not necessarily where it started. Um, writers' festivals in Australia started from um, kind of in a similar way to Made in the West in, the, in wanting to connect the community together. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was originally actually a writers' festival, Adelaide Writers' Week. Mm. There were no readers allowed. It yeah, wasn't it was all about until, the writers. Yeah, it was, it was about, it was about the artists. Yeah. It was when it started. It wasn't until the 70s, mid-70s. Just pull when, that mic a little bit closer to when, um, when readers were allowed to enter mm. at all. And then it wasn't until... Um, oh, sorry. No, it was the late 60s when readers were allowed to enter, but um, uh, it wasn't until the mid-70s when publishers got involved. Yeah. And they realised that, oh, there's a crowd of people here who love books and love market. writing. There's a market. Maybe I could launch a book here. You know, and then that grew each year, and then now publishers are very much involved in the process of programming. You know, they pitch their ideas to festival. But again, though, the intent the is different. The intent, mm. uh, I think, the intent is the intent of a festival isn't to set up advertising space to sell advertising. Mm. The intent is to set up a networking space that is there for, paid for by advertising. Well, or a celebratory space is the mm. way is the way that I think. Yeah, about definitely. This. It's not necessarily only a networking space. It's it's a celebratory space. It's that the the idea of celebration is what sells the coming together mm. that builds community and the selling of products. 
Yeah, well, you, you need know, a selling sell of products and the, and the selling of services along the way. Because think about all those, you know, drinks that you're selling and the food that you're selling. Of along course, the way too, of and, course, and and and, and, and all these and, and all the jobs that are created out of that. That's right. Yeah, jobs are created out of it. Yeah, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into that. But um, but I think ultimately, actually, well, the 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 idea of a festival actually comes down to, as I say, celebration. It's a it's a celebration of an idea, mm. um, uh, and the the it's a coming together of a, of a particular way of being in a particular time, in a particular space, mm. you know. Festivals are um, are known as spaces where you can sort of exit the everyday, mm. right? So when you – and that's why there's always there's often an archway or, a, or an entryway that you enter Yeah, you're, into. you're entering into the environment. And when you enter in, the idea is Or as is some of our previous uh, politicians would say, the environment. Point Piper. Point Piper. And your fire hydrant. Yeah, and when you when you pass through the entrance and you enter the site of the mm. festival, there's a there's a sense of not any not always anything goes. It depends on the festival, but there's a sense of playfulness and there's a sense of curiosity within that space, and there's a sense that they're going to take you on a journey. Mm. Um, and an experience, know, and it's it's an experience, and that's a that's a um a, a fascinating thing for people to be paying money for. You know? Yeah, well, I think that's 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 a big part of it though is that experience, and you want to leave because that's an experiences are entertaining and it's transformative. Ultimately, there's a lot of educational um, uh, intent in there as well. There's a lot of people who are coming to learn from the ideas of, mm. of writers and authors are some of the best thinkers in the world. You know, oh, they are the best thinkers in the, the world. That's the beauty of external memory, right? Like with The whole reason that we hear of, from external memory, because that's what books are. They're just external mm. memories to us or, oh, yeah. or hard drive. Data. Yeah, it's Very another true. form of data. It's a, it's a medium that's the, that, that we, we can reflect on and go, I wonder if anyone's ever felt like this before. Yeah, no, there it is on the internet. If someone has written something that I feel about, I'm probably for myself. I'm probably more attuned to, um, you know, Nietzsche or, um, um you know, John Milton. <laughs> <laughs> you like a bit of Paradise Lost. Yeah, Paradise Lost sort True. of stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, Voltaire. <laughs> is am I getting that right? Voltaire, maybe. Yes, you know, I like Voltaire. Um, I, I just think you know you, you have things that you would be attributed to, and there's ideas out there that if you if you're feeling a certain way, generally through human history someone else has felt the same and they've written it down mm. and it's probably in a book or a poem somewhere that they've, where they've totally nailed it they've gotten it right um, and I think that's what books offer that's what movies offer these narratives and stories are there because there's there's an aspect to them that we can relate to when you can empathise with um, characters and their emotions and it allows you to journey through experiences without mm. necessarily experiencing, experiencing them yourself. yourself. That's right. There's a, a great um, old book, uh, old-ish book that I've just recently... Ye old? Ye um, old or old-ish? No, not ye oldie. <laughs> no, not at all. Like just last decade. But, um, uh, or the decade before. So um, the 2000s, so it's still this century. Yeah, but... Um, and Can't be that about, old. Um, uh, it talks about computers as theatre, and it's a mm, it's a it's a really early way of uh, of looking at com- it's it's very much talking about computer architecture and computer and and software design, game design, that sort of thing. But um, but one of the things that um that this uh this um researcher was was arguing is that is that when you um when you create theatre, you're trying to create an emotion or some kind of impact experience for the audience. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily trying to um, show one particular scene or one particular way of being. The whole thing is an experience mm. altogether, you know, that the audience is able, is able to participate in. And by thinking about um, um, experiences online in the same way, um, it allows us to, um, you know, think about think about our motivations for for what we're really trying to have 
users um, get from our artwork and, and, and the experience of being online, you know? Yeah, but I, I know, but you, I'll bring you back to something you've told me often, and that's the death of the author. And the death of the yes. author is Bath. Is that right? Have I got that Roland right? Roland Bath. Roland yes. Bath. Yes. yes. Well I've got done. that right way. I didn't need to look it up. Uh, Roland Bath, the death of the author. Because you have, may have an intent, but again, it comes down to that intent. You've got to have a good... I think intentions are important. But again, intentions can be lost. Mm. Um, they can totally be lost. If you make a, a, a story, it doesn't mean that that's going to be interpreted that way by the audience. But again, I come back to um, festivals in general. Like when you make a, a book, you want to entertain people. When you when you make a movie, you want to entertain people. And you've got to get this idea out. So there's a selfish motion to it and a selfless notion to it. I don't know. I think festivals are less self-serving. They're more about the audience and artist. And it's about that integration. It's about access. It comes down to access. Mm. Uh, at a, a writer's festival, we have access to authors that you dream about talking to or, or listening to in, in, in long-form content. Mm. Um, well, now you're getting into fan culture and this side of mm. things. And that's that's not necessarily the motivation for all for all people like that's that's um that's one of the motivations absolutely you know thinking about meeting an author the author like encountering an artist in the flesh and mm. being able to speak with them directly tell them about your passions or tell them why you first you know um read their book picked up their your book, book changed my life all of that stuff is definitely part of it i mean it's, and it's something that you know you have to think about you, you, book signing cues at a writer's festival are a really big part of the experience for for attendees but not all attendees you know, uh, in my experience, only forty percent of of attendees will go to a book signing queue. But for that, for unless it's a YA event or a children's event, and then everybody's there. Mm. Um, but um, but it, you know, it's 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 a it's a personal exchange with an artist that you don't necessarily um, not everybody wants. You know, um, <clears throat> that that fan culture is is something that um, that is not necessarily across the board mm. you know a lot of people go it's to, not as predictable as you'd think that it is a lot is, of people go saying. there just for recommendations you know to learn of, about new about oh okay new, expanding new upon, to find new spaces and yeah. new expand authors expand their own and... reading uh, reading lists and uh, you know in, in, expand that pile of books that's sitting next to the dresser that they haven't yet read um, <laughs> uh, or just you know meeting friends there and it's a social occasion for many people being able to you know yeah, go the and social have a aspect, yeah. and go and think about ideas and discuss with people the the well perhaps the, maybe a bit of social capital as well i can go well i went to the writers festival the other day well that's a bit of cultural capital cultural see? capital yeah, that's what absolutely. i was going for yeah absolutely they show off their culture and their lifestyle and you know if you've got the the money come along the, the let's get a photograph on the uh, the red carpet <laughs> here's some cultural capital <laughs> yeah well i mean that's that's part of what um you know awards processes and and, and things like that are about you know mm. you get to give someone a, you know the name of being the best editor or the best cinematographer yeah but i think absolutely. that comes into the fanfare of it all it's all the fanfare of it it's, it's the, the spectacle it's all a yeah. spectacle right and people like to see a spectacle we, we, and, and we like to celebrate another good word that was in there as well was celebrate we like to celebrate mm. so i think sometimes we forget to celebrate as artists we mm. forget we get too bogged down and like because like when i mean bogged down and bogged down in your emotions you know you get bogged down in your emotions as an artist and i, I you know we need spaces that you can run into other people that are just as fucking crazy as you yeah, because you got to be a bit. You got to be a bit of a loose unit to be an artist, and and, and see and see the work that other people are doing. And this is something contrast. That, yeah, this is something that we've always thought about. You know, working in, in the community with uh, Western Sydney filmmakers is when you put your work out there and you celebrate it. Guess what? Somebody else is celebrating their work too, and you start to go, "Oh, look what they're doing! Look, yeah, imagine what I could do next." It does egg you to, on. It does egg you, you on. Feed yeah. off each other, you know. Yeah, you, you do start rooting for each other, and and, yeah. and it does egg you on because you realise you're not alone. 
you realize that there's other and there's other ideas out there there's other approaches there's other approaches and look that's why i like interviewing people interviewing people like i realized even before the podcast i've been in i've been interviewing people for 10 years and i've only been doing the podcast for three years in what way when i worked at the tv station i have to go and interview people for tv shows Uh, when I was doing music um, uh, shows, I had to interview people. Making documentaries, I interview people. Yeah, right. Um, when uh, I was doing car racing, I'd have to go interview uh, car racing drivers. So I've interviewed politicians, car racing drivers, um, musicians, um, authors, um, actors. Uh, it, the, the list goes on, the amount of people I've interviewed. And I, I think I come up with a number. I tried to work it out. Um, it's, it's, over, it's over 500. Oh, wow that people that I've interviewed, like, it's a lot. Great. A lot of people I've interviewed. And I think that's what sort of pushed me towards the podcast. It's something that I've always done. I just didn't really recognize that I did it. Now, the podcast is me just realizing that I do. That's what that's one of the things I do. Mm. I've always done them. I just did it for money before. Now I do it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but don't, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're going to earn money in any way, interviewing people is a good way to do it. Um, so, yeah, being a producer and being an interviewer, that's something I've always been drawn to because you get to glean information and figure out maybe not just learning by other people's mistakes, but learning by their triumphs as well um, mm. is, is valuable. And I think maybe there's an aspect of that going to festivals too. You're trying to get information and how you to better do talk things. talk about the craft. And this is the thing that mm. Made in the West does really well. We combine showing and the spectacle and the celebration with the networking, which allows you to talk about how you did that. Right, mm. and that's the same thing with writers' festival as well. There's a lot of talk about craft, talk about how you write those things. How did you get? The, where did you get the inspiration from it? What does it look like? What does your writing life look like? Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, I think it was Voltaire actually, which which was the first uh, who was the first artist to live um, on uh, on someone else's property because he was a famous artist and this 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 rich couple wanted to have artists living on their beautiful property and he lived there free of rent and, and it sounds very polyamorous sounds, <laughs> fa- sounds fascinating right but um but there's this there's this i'd like you to live with me and my wife i need you to live in the cottage down the road <laughs> and we'll call upon you when required <laughs> Yes, but um, but you know, or that, maybe it's nice that, having an artist living the other people, road. I don't people know. want that artistic <laughs> lifestyle, right? Yeah, want that lifestyle, but you know, people people want to be a creative and want to have that artistic. Lifestyle. They do. They, yeah, ultimately, you know, being a poet in the eighteen hundreds, traveling through Paris, and yeah. you know, uh, if you, I think it was was it maybe Picasso as well. Like Picasso used to like pay for meals using his signature. You oh, know, man. like oh no no, don't worry about it. Just sign this and that. That's the bill. That'll do. They'll do because mm. I, the money that you give me is nothing compared to what you just signed for. So oh, wow. the, the, his signature was worth more than any meal. Let's get to that. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah, okay. Let's be Picasso. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I just invent a genre. Um, <laughs> it can't be how hard can it be? Um, I'm sure we can come up with it. Uh, just let me uh, scratch my noodle for a little bit. Add that to the list. Well, you write that down. You write that down. You're the producer. Next year, that's next year's. I'm the ideas machine. You got to. You got to make them happen. <laughs> All right, yeah. Misty. We need a new genre, and we need our signature worth about five thousand dollars. Go. Yes. <laughs> Well, well, look, well, we do have some projects coming in. We can't talk about all of them. I'd love to, but mm. we shouldn't talk about all of them. Um, but we do uh, We do have Main the West coming up. I do have Microcosm coming up. Mm. Um, I've got some music stuff coming up, you know. Um, I may need you to come up to the Hunter Valley with me, actually. Now that, that I speak of it. Sounds terrible. 
Yeah, I need you to be my manager. <laughs> I need you to manage me. I need you to manage it. You are unruly and I'm not sure you can be managed. <laughs> I need a manager. If we go, if I'm going on tour and I'm going to a festival playing music, I need a manager. Mm. I need a manager. Mm. I can't do it alone. I'll, I don't know if I can pay you, but, you know, I, love <laughs> yeah. I fucking need a manager. You just, in, you just insult me all weekend telling me, oh, my fucking manager keeps wanting me to do these things. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> She's as bad as a producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, producer, manager. It's the same thing. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, but look, doing a PhD for, what, now six years, mm. uh, close towards the end, um, how many words are in this PhD? Like, what 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 is a PhD, and how does one get one? Well, like, what, what have you got to write? Like, how, what, the, what's the bar, I'm brass right in tacks? I'm the thick of it, right? So, so I'm uh, so I've done my first draft. My first draft was um, eighty eight thousand words. Gulp. Um, uh, but I only have to get between sixty and eighty. So I'm sitting on a good I'm sitting on a good number to be able to edit that down and mm. be more concise because I tend to waffle on waffle, in waffle, first waffle, drafts particularly. Waffle. First drafts are Everybody's first drafts are terrible, but um, but yes. Yeah, so, COVID was great. I managed to go uh to get that done um uh last year, and so now I'm in the second. I'm in the f- like um second edit phase, right? Second so edit. So I'm I'm on. I've done my first and second chapter. I'm on my third chapter. I've got my fourth and fifth still to go. So I'm right in the middle. This is like second edit blues, right? Like, yeah. And then after this, there is still after after I finish this second edit is um I get to compile all five of my chapters together for the first time into one big document, document which mm, I think is actually meaty. the most exciting thing. That does sound exciting day. after six years. Because yeah. then I get to put it all together and hand it over to my supervisors as one thing. Now you fucking deal with it. <laughs> now you deal with it because I'm sick of reading it. Um, and uh, and they and then I've still got a third edit to go after that. So a third edit to go. I've okay, but that third, third one doesn't sound as like difficult as the second edit. No, um, but um, there's well the sec- the second edit is is taking you know a lot of disparate sort of ideas to, and putting them together to make sure. To, like what I'm trying to do at the moment is make sure I've got an argument, make sure I've got a through line, make sure my make sure it all makes sense together. You yeah, know? it's got to. But question, my, answer, my question, supervisors answer. are amazing and you know absolutely um, uh, wonderful uh, at their work, and I'm sure that they will pick everything that I have you know to say apart in a million different ways. So there will be there will be a lot of revisions in that final final edit. Yeah, and, but that's okay. You know, and, I, and as I say, I'll end up somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand in there. Well, so, I, I tell you, when you graduate, I'm going to be crying like a uh, like a like like a child with a skid knee. I'll be crying too. You'll make me cry. I probably will. I but, probably will um, make you cry. Yeah, yeah. I just have to remember to enjoy the process. That's all, you know. We're, we're so very close yeah, to the end. It's hard, it's hard to do that sometimes. When you're on that journey, when you're in it, it's kind of like when you're on a movie. When, you, when you're making a movie, right, it becomes so fucking stressful. Like, mm. it, like when you're directing a movie and you've written it, and you, it's fucking stressful. It's late nights, 4 a.m. You haven't slept in and fucking months and you're going to, in your short fuse and you fucking hate everyone. And then once, once, once it's done, you go, oh, I have to write another one now. <laughs> yes. Do this all again. Because <laughs> you want to do it again. Yeah. It's a buzz. It, yeah. it is a buzz. It's kind of like those things like when, once it's done, you go, I wish I, I, I savoured that more. Mm. Uh, but when you're savouring, you're like, get this fucking done. Get this off me. I need to get this done. This is insane. This is insane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you get there and you get it done. So I yeah. I wish you Godspeed and I wish you um, all the best at doing your PhD. Because you. you've come so far doing it. Um, I think COVID was a bit of a, um, a backhanded blessing for you. Mm, yeah. Um, because that, that really pushed people into digital spaces. It, so. it pushed them into try, trying things. And that's certainly it's given me a lot more to talk about. Mm. It's also meant that I have to reframe everything. 
um, for an entirely new era. Um, but that's okay. It's it's better than what it was before. Which Certainly was, has brought relevance. Yeah, it's brought more relevance which, to. Yeah, before before it was a, a you know it was very much a fringe thing, and now it's 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 come into the mainstream. A yeah, bit, even though it was a fringe thing before COVID, it was still a thing that needed magnification. It was still a thing that certainly needed some um uh you know uh, peer reviewed content mm. on. Mm. Um, so I, 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 you were always certainly filling a void. Mm. Uh, it wasn't something that you, you were just doing off a whim, like oh, you know, this this will do. It wasn't like that. Um, I, I think, but COVID certainly did um, amplify uh, what you were doing. So I think that's a really good thing for you. You know, yeah. and I'm really glad that uh, you've come this far. And you know, you've only got a little bit to go. So just keep going, Misty. Thank keep you. Keep going. Thank You're doing you. great. <laughs> you really are. I appreciate that. You really I'll take are. all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to take all the help we can get. Yeah. You know? we all, we, look, we all, we all have imposter monster syndrome. And, and really, it's just that we're all lazy. Like, we really are. Like, um, you know, uh, you know, people ask, you know, Ross, how do you get so much shit done all the time? I go, I've still got time. Like, I could be going harder. Um, for me to say, you know, oh, you know, I'm really well, I've got good time management. It's a little bit true, but not really. It's not really true. Plenty more hours in the day that you could fill. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I work hard at my well. I work full time. Work hard at my job. Um, sometimes I work hard on my band. Sometimes I work hard on making movies. Sometimes I work hard on these extracurricular activities that I do. But generally, you know, I just want to smoke a spliff and watch some Netflix. But you know, uh, (laughs) um, I I I don't know. I I just think that I I think I can do better as an artist. I can do more. And when people say, you do a lot, I'm like, I could do more. I think that's I totally something that more. you and I have always enjoyed about each other that we both, or, um, right from when we first met each other, we both looked at each other and said, oh, shit, you're going to make me do stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gonna, you are going to make me You're going to hold me to account. You're going to hold me to account. Yeah, you're yeah. going to say, what? you said you were going to do this. And that's scary. But You said not, you were going to do this and you didn't do it. You know, it's not a bad thing for us to push each other to do more and do better. Yeah, I don't think you've pushed me. I don't think that's the right word. Um, you encourage me. Yeah. You encourage me to do more. Uh, and I hope that I encourage you to do more. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I hope I do. You're my best cheerleader. I'm a good You're cheerleader. My cheer squad. Hey, hey, Misty can. If she can't do it, she better can. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> just need some pom-poms. I think I had a good rhythm going there. Oh, you know? oh Misty. So much Misty. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to cover before we uh, jump out of this? No, only, uh, only that, um, jump off uh, this that train. Made in the West is amazing, and everybody should join us on Saturday, September fourth, uh, Saturday, December fourth. Uh, you can find us at www.mainthewest.com.au. You can find out everything about what we've been up to lately, all of the um, blogs, blogs, blogs. We got blogs all over the blogs, place. Some um, uh, submissions portal, all that. Sort Read of thing. a blog on the bog. And we look forward <laughs> to seeing everybody's films this year at the festival. No, we do. Look, I, I certainly look forward to um, seeing everyone's films every year but look we've got something really special for you guys this year and that is Made in the West magazine if you've been a part of Made in the West the last 10 years you guys have got to come along to Made in the West you've got to come along and purchase this magazine see it's augmented reality see you featured in it like if you are watching the show there's a big chance that you have been a part of Made in the West in some way so come along to the show check out the magazine you guys are going to absolutely fucking love it Um, we cannot believe that we've pulled this off I just can't believe we've gotten this far doing all this work and, and making it happen. Um, but no, the, the biggest, the, the, the big, the three big engines I see, I, I look, I was just someone that was, I, I was a spark 
And I think the fire that I set off was the Misty J. Emily rabbit hole fire. Mm. I'm just someone that set that off on fire. Um, and I certainly got the ball rolling with it. But you guys are certainly someone that has been running with that ball. So I can't thank you guys enough. So Blemily, big shout out. Jay, big shout out. Guys at the rabbit hole, big shout out. Um, the work that you've done on this magazine is absolutely phenomenal it's absolutely amazing i can't believe an organization our size have made something so prestigious great so lovely so accessible um so representative of our uh, of our region um you know i look you guys are going to be impressed check out the magazine we'll have it for sale online we'll have it for sale at the festival mm. Mm. great yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that was, a, that was a good tie. That was a good tie off. I, I think yeah. I think we're done, Misty. All I think right. we're at the end. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, thank you for being on the show. And again, good luck with the rest of the PhD. I know you don't have long, long, too much longer to go. Get through this second edit. Get to your third edit. And you know we've got a lot of May in the West to do uh, this weekend. In fact, <laughs> probably going to go off weekend, this next weekend and uh, and for the rest of the year. We've got fucking a lot of work to do. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Great. Uh, but guys, you've been watching the Page Train. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes, and you can find us on Amazon. And of course, you can find us on iHeartRadio. And if you've been watching the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. Every subscription counts. And if you've really haven't uh, been having a great time with the uh, Pagey Train, hit notifications. And that way you'll know every time we release an episode. We release an episode every Wednesday at 6.30. And you have uh, been watching the Pagey Train. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I almost got through that. That was a bit <laughs> rickety at the end. I almost got through that. <laughs> you did well. Well done. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Thank you, Misty. Thank you very much.